This program contains explicit content and subject matter which may be unsuitable for some listeners. Discretion is advised. Welcome. You've joined the Sexy Lifestyle with Carol and David. Our show is here to help you achieve better, better love, better sex, and a better, more intimate relationship. Are you ready? Take notes and send us your questions. This is the Sexy Lifestyle. Now, here are your hosts, Carol and David. Hi, everyone. I'm Carol. And I'm David. Are you ready to spice up your sex life and live happy, healthy, and horny? Well, you've come to the right place because that's what the Sexy Lifestyle's all about. David and I are passionate about making your sex life the best it can be. We sure are. And, you know, we love talking about sex and sexuality and sexual pleasure and hope our discussions will open up your dialogue about great sex because... Well, great sex matters and you deserve it. Dave and I are proud supporters of the sexual freedom movement because we believe everyone should accept and respect other sec- other people's sexual preferences. That's what sexual freedom is all about. Absolutely. So... Do you go bananas for hot monkey sex? Mm -hmm. Are you curious about our closest kissing cousins? Mm -hmm. Well, on today's show, The Bonobo Way, we are going to be talking with the internationally acclaimed and controversial sex educator, Dr. Susan Block, as she entertains us with all her provocative, humorous, and engaging advice. Wow, can't wait. Dr. Susie is going to be talking about monkey sex, sharing everything she's learned from studying our genetic cousin, the bonobo chimpanzee. So get ready for a crazy fun show on this Thursday before Halloween. All those sexy Halloween parties will be happening this weekend. Yeah, I don't think we've decided which one we're going to go to I don't yet. think so. Maybe we'll go to one of those parties where you just wear your birthday suit. Ooh, I like that. I love that too. So before we get going, a quick reminder for to everybody out there to join us for a sexy weekend at Taboo's Everything to Do with Sex Show in Toronto, November 24th to 26th, where we'll be broadcasting live from America's North America's biggest consumer sex and romance show. So if you're looking to have a sexy, fun date night activity with your special someone, then come and join us and check out the latest sex toys, hottest lingerie, and everything else you need to spice up your sex life. Plus, there's going to be lots of entertainment and amazing sexy guest speakers and seminars and workshops to boot. Absolutely. And we have a very special sponsor that's going to be with us, and we're going to have a Sibian toy with us in our booth that you can actually try, actually take it for a test ride. And later on in the show, we're going to talk to Dr. Susie all about her uh, experiences with her Sibian because we had a very special conversation with the owner of Sibian a little earlier today. But in case you don't know what a Sibian is, um, I guess we should describe it, right? It's well, it's known as the pinnacle of self-gratification for women. Yeah. That's and it was invented about 30 years ago. Right. By Dr. Le- uh, sorry, by Dave Lampert. He's the one who had the idea. He's the inventor. But it's really a masturbation device, I think, right? It's like a, a saddle that you sit on. A woman sits on. Yeah, okay. And it's got this protruding... Penis. Uh, yeah, okay. Well, dildo. Silicone right? dildo, right? That it rotates, right. vibrates. Right. And you were saying you wanted me to sit on it. Well, you could if you really well, wanted Well, we got to take out a lot of lube. <laughs> 
<laughs> but you know, you you sit on it and it stimulates the pussy. So and it has two two motors: one that vibrates back and forth, mm-hmm. and one that rotates. So when you put the the um, dildo or the um, the penis yeah. on top of it, you have a vibrating, rotating mm. device that's supposed to make you come. Sounds great. But I, I love when you get on it and I like play with the motor devices. Yeah, because you always control when I'm on it, right? You take the controls and you know what I'm like. A little bit different than when you normally control my life. <laughs> well, that's a fun time for you to control my orgasm. And, and the whole goal here is to come to orgasm. Well, yeah, because when you're riding, when you're riding a guy or riding a Sibian, that is the goal. So, well, we love that kind of thing. And we're going to talk to Dr. Susie a little bit later about masturbation and self-pleasure and female empowerment because you're definitely in power when you're on a Sibian. Absolutely. All right. So we'll talk about Sibian a little bit later. Let's get back to um, the Taboo Show where I was saying earlier we're going to have a Sibian. So come to our booth. Um, take it for a ride. Um, and even if you just want to feel it or touch it, it's a pretty cool device. It's oh, Maybe uh, we can get some volunteers who really want to give a good show. A good that. show. Yeah. Right. They can be on our show while they're giving a show. <laughs> okay. Anyways, just stop by our booth. Come and say hello. Hang out with us. And you can even be part of our radio show if that's what you want to. Right. And we're looking forward to seeing everybody, all you sexies, in Toronto, November 24th to 26th. So, this is The Sexy Lifestyle, and we are Carol and David. And we're very excited to introduce today's guest, world-renowned sexologist Dr. Susan Block. She's also known as Dr. Susie. She's the director and founder of this Dr. Susan Block Institute for Erotic Arts and Sciences based in Los Angeles. She's an award-winning filmmaker and talk show host, best known for her HBO specials. She's the author of numerous articles, essays, short stories, and books, as well as a sex therapist in private practice with a global clientele. Wow, that's a lot. I wonder if she actually gets time to have sex herself. (laughs) Dr. Susie, thanks so much for being here, and welcome to The Sexy Lifestyle. I always make time for sex. You know, and uh, I'm glad I'm making time for you. I'm so happy to be here, Carol and David. And we are very excited that you're here, too. Listen, although your bio was very long, I actually shortened it because I thought it would be a lot more fun for you to explain, you know, all about what you do and how you do it. Maybe we can start by talking about your special interest with bonobos. Tell us why you dedicated your life studying our kissing cousins. Well, because they are just so sexy, and they are our cousins, the bonobos. And, I mean, they're not monkeys, okay? Uh, So, (laughs) monkeys have tails, bonobos uh, have no tail, just like humans and other great apes. They are great apes, they are our closest cousins, almost 98% or over 98% genetically similar to us along with common chimpanzees, but bonobos were very recently discovered, and so they really do present a whole new great ape paradigm for humanity, for human sexuality, for peace through pleasure, for female empowerment. Bonobos are very sexy. They have a lot of sex. I don't mean that I like to have sex with bonobos, but (laughs) I I am inspired by the fact that they have a lot of sex, both quantity and quality. And it seems that all this sex uh, creates peace in their communities. That is, there's never been seen a bonobo killing another bonobo in the wild or captivity. Another important component of the bonobo lifestyle is 
that uh, they are very female-empowered. There's not only no murder, there's very little rape in Bonoboville, and there's just a lot of power to the females. They make a lot of the decisions. And uh, the males like it. That's another element that's very interesting, is that the males are relatively happy compared to their... Uh, common chimpanzee counterparts who very quickly become grumpy old apes um, by the time they're teenagers because their lifestyle is just so stressed and violent and uh, it's it's a lot more difficult. I mean, as a bonobo, you, you know, you get laid a lot and it's um, very loving, very inclusive uh, and relatively peaceful. And so why? This why? is, in a coconut shell, why I love bonobos. Very cool. And through all your research over the years, why is it that bonobos behave like this? Um, it's it's a, li- it's a lot different than any other animal species out there. Is it something that is genetic? Is it something they eat? Because I definitely want to start eating that. <laughs> he wants bonobo food. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I think it's a combination of things. As As for us higher apes, so to speak, it's always a combination of environment and culture. And that's why I feel there's a lot of hope for, for humans to emphasize our bonobo side. Uh, I believe that we, we kind of, we're, we're equally close. Some say we're closer to bonobos, but uh, we tend to emphasize our common chimpanzee, or some might say and nowadays our trumpanzee side. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I think that we could emphasize our bonobo side and the side of us that does uh, enjoy sex as much as we do and and does want peace as much as a lot of people do and does want female empowerment. I think that's, uh, that's something we could emphasize. As far as bonobos go, why are they like this? Well, again, a combination of genetics and environment. Um, uh, their environment is... The rainforest, they, they live in the second largest rainforest in the world, which is in the Congo in Africa. And uh, it's, it's, it's a, a land that is full of plenty. So uh, bonobos don't generally have to struggle for food. They live in the trees. There aren't a lot of other big animals in the, um, in the rainforest, not big predators to go after them. That is until humans discovered them. Wow, and now, of course, it is very dangerous for bonobos. Who knows? Unfortunately, we might change their lifestyle because humans are coming into the Congo. We're degrading the rainforest in so many ways, including actually shooting bonobos oh, for food, goodness. even though it's illegal. And so I, uh, I guess that I, I feel that it's very important to help save the bonobos because if we lose the bonobos to extinction, then we lose, I feel, uh, a strong potential for peace through pleasure that wow. we have. I, and I did have a question for you while I was like studying some of your, your videos and stuff online. Is that, have you witnessed these bonobos in the Congo yourself? Not in the Congo, no, I haven't been that brave or fortunate to be able to go there. I've observed them at the San Diego Zoo quite a bit, though, and I've made several friends there, and uh, yeah, I I, I see them at the zoo. I I have friends uh, with Lolo Yabonobo and Bonobo Conservation Initiative that are working very hard, boots on the ground, in the Congo to help save them. 
So I'm curious about actually how they have sex. And I know you talk a lot about that in your videos, but do yeah. they just all of a well, sudden decide, I feel horny right now, and then they, they, they want to have, have sex? sex? Is that how it works? That I, I'm that they feel horny and then they have sex. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know what they feel. It's it's hard okay. to say because we can't read their minds. Um, I know they have a lot of sex, and they do it with different partners. Um, they do it, for want of a better word, bisexually, or you could say pansexually. The uh, females and males have sex. The males and males have sex. The females and females have sex. Uh, they have group sex. They have individual one-on-one sex. They have different types, you know, all different types. They mix food and sex quite a bit. They love to have a good time. They love to party, you know, like some humans we know. Bonobos (laughs) swing from the trees as well as with each other. That's one way I describe them. Also, I think it's important to note that they have sex in many different positions, but their preference is face-to-face. A lot of humans are under the wrong idea that we're the only ones that have sex face-to-face, that everybody else does it doggy style, which bonobos do, as we do, but they prefer face-to-face, and they have a lot of that, often looking deeply into each other's eyes like tantric sex practitioners or like two people in love. Wow, that's very nice. And And do they have anal sex? They have some. I've actually seen some of that at the zoo. I haven't seen penis in anus. I've seen quite a bit of finger in anus and, uh, and, and anal lingus. Okay, so they do oral it's sex. It's kind of funny, especially at the zoo, you know, a family environment. But, uh, <laughs> hey, what are you going to do? And Dr. Susie, if they're, if they're having so much sex, does, do they have a very quick refractory period? Do, do the guys get hard and are they able to come quicker? Well... Let me clarify even more about the kind of sex that they have. They have mostly what we might call foreplay. And uh, actually, the penis and vagina, the penis in the hole is not so much. I mean, they have it. They, they probably have it more than common chimps. They definitely have it more than common chimps and maybe more than we do. But... They don't spend a lot of time on that. They spend a lot of time on rubbing and licking and stroking and masturbating and uh, just frottage, you might say, oral sex, um, fingering, playing. Hello? Well, that sounds great. What about, what is Bonoboville? Bonoboville. Well, I, I use that term. I kind of... Uh, made it up based on the popularity of Farmville. (laughs) And uh, I use it to describe any bonobo or bonobo-esque community. So sometimes I use it to describe a community of bonobos, either in the wild or in the zoo or in in a center. And I also use it to describe a community of humans who are inspired by the bonobo way, such as the community that... I kind of operate along with my husband, Max. Uh, We we have a beautiful bonobo community here in sunny Southern California. And that means that you all live in a commune? Uh, I don't know if you'd call it a commune, and uh, we do live other places, but it's a a place where we all 
uh, gather and get together, and we work here, and we play here, and, um, you know, we eat here, and we operate together. Um, we have many communal aspects, and we're very sex positive.
Uh, we're going to remind everyone that this is The Sexy Lifestyle. We are Carol and David, and today we're talking with Dr. Susie, author of The Bonobo Way and founder of the Dr. Susan Block Institute. Now, a short word from sdc.com, and when we come back, we'll get into the Ten Commandments of Pleasure. This segment is sponsored by the SDC Caribbean Dreams Cruise, sailing December 9 to 16, and we're booked, and we can't wait to go. About four more weeks, right? Five weeks? Yeah. And if you've ever attended an SDC Takeover event, then you know what an amazing job they do creating the ultimate erotic setting. SDC has been hosting swinger travel events since 2006, and they showcase sexy fun couples from all around the world, offering sensual theme nights, exotic pool parties, sexy playrooms. The opportunities are endless. Right. And, you know, SDC were the first to do a lifestyle cruise on a smaller, more intimate five-star cruise ship, and their upcoming Caribbean dreams will be their their sixth lifestyle cruise visiting the beautiful Caribbean islands and we're going to be starting in San Juan, Puerto Rico and we're going to be broadcasting a couple of shows from there and let's just uh, shout out to George and Lilo who are going to be on our show and Mandy and the whole team from SDC. We can't wait to see you guys um, starting on December 6th. So join us on the SDC cruise in December by checking out our website thesexylifestyle.com for all the details. Right, so this is The Sexy Lifestyle. We are Carol and David. Today, we're talking with Dr. Susan Block, founder of the Susan Block Institute and known as Therapists Without Borders. Dr. Susie has been educating, stimulating, and agitating the internet since 1996. So the important question is, is your audience getting it? Are, are you making progress? How has oh, the world... Uh, Go ahead. Well, I think so. I'm uh, very positive. Uh, I mean, you know, you you look around and there's certainly a lot of violence and negativity and uh, downright Nazism um, and certainly much uh, non-consensual pussy grabbing in, <laughs> yeah. uh, in, in some of the highest levels of power in our society. Uh, at the same time, though, I feel there is a, a greater uh, awareness of uh, the importance of ecology, of peace, of female empowerment. I think there needs to be more awareness of the importance of male pleasure and, and male comfort, but maybe the female empowerment has to kind of come first. Um, and, uh, and, and so, yeah, certainly I'm, I'm speaking at universities and, uh, and conferences and conventions all over the world, and uh, in a couple weeks I'll be in uh, Vegas where, of course, they had this horrendous, mass shooting, and I, I hope to be part of the healing, bringing uh, the Bonobo Way of Peace Through Pleasure to the Erotic Heritage Museum in Las Vegas. Oh, also, uh, we spread the word every day, every minute of every day, through our online community, Bonoboville, and we have all kinds of members from primatologists to porn stars to swingers, um, lots of swingers, and uh, we encourage people to join. It's free. Um, you know, you can make a donation that goes to help save the bonobos, but it's absolutely free to join, and you can watch my show free live every Saturday night on Bonoboville. You can meet people. You can have, uh, you know, Internet sex, phone sex, uh, share photos, uh, art, and ideas, and certainly be part of the uh, Bonobo Way movement on Bonoboville.com. It sounds, you know, everything that you do sounds so interesting, and you've been doing it for, for many, many years. So just just in a, in a very 
calm, compact way. Tell us, in your opinion, how do you feel the world's view on sex has changed over the past 20 years? In a calm, compact way. Compact way, you know. <laughs> I got to laugh. We only, we I only mean, have sex hours is a comedy, not a tragedy. Camille Paglia said that, and... Um, She's almost more politically incorrect than I am, but uh, I, I agree. Uh, sex is a comedy, not a tragedy, and I think uh, you know. Uh, in some ways, we we haven't changed a bit. People are still very puritanical about sex. There's still a lot of pussy grabbing, non-consensually going on, uh, but there is this effort. I think there's also this movement uh, that of the bonobo way and and. Uh, connected movements of, of sex-positive female empowerment and, uh, and sensitive males that, uh, that has gained a lot of uh, traction and, and power in the last 20 years. Well, it's and, good and, to hear. And we see it all the time in the swinging lifestyle. Um, you know, oh, yeah. We talk, we talk all the time about, you know, to be a swinger, it's all about the woman. She drives. She controls. And, you know, the... the sexy lifestyle, the swinging lifestyle, open-minded people, that the movement is growing and growing more and more. And I think that is because women are becoming more comfortable with their sexuality and men are becoming more comfortable allowing the woman to lead, to drive. They're certainly more conscious Absolutely. of their Absolutely. You know, I certainly discovered swingers and swinging long before I knew a bonobo from a banana. And I was just very impressed from the beginning that this uh, open sexual lifestyle was so female-empowered. And, uh, and I just thought, oh, isn't this something the guys like? No, it's something that the women just love uh, and, and that, you know, guys are happy with having the women take charge of a lot of the events. And, yeah, it's, it's very, very bonobo. That's why yeah. we call bonobos swingers very often. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the level I mean, there's no way that bonobos are a blueprint for any human group. There are always different things that bonobos do that are not for us. And, like, most of us don't want to live in trees. Um, most of us don't want to have as much sex as they do, although, well, some of us do. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, they're, they're a paradigm, they're a model uh, to inspire, and I, I think that uh, they're a great, they should be the, the mascot of, of the lifestyle, really. Absolutely. I think that's great. And it's very interesting what you're talking about. Uh, we, we know the crises that are going on now with all this pussy grabbing and all the um, women, women are, who are coming out and talking about it. And just getting back to the lifestyle, you know, we've been swingers for 10 years. And the one thing that is so prevalent is the respect, the respect yeah, that absolutely. everybody has for everybody. And I and think the number one rule, ask first, is always that number one rule. And I, I think, you know, maybe bonobo monkeys are very respectful of each other. Now, you be respectful of bonobos and don't call them monkeys, please. I don't mind oh, yes. you saying that humans are <laughs> All right. I am learning as we go apes. along. We are apes. I think it's important to acknowledge that they're apes so that we acknowledge our closeness to them. But I like monkey sex, too. Uh, <laughs> so, all right. So Yeah, we, yeah. I, and I agree with all the other stuff you said. And just 
I just want to add that when I was a young girl and I, I would go to some of these swing parties and I'd also go to bars, you know, I, I felt a swing party was a much, much safer place to be than, than any bar where, you know, you're much more likely to get pussy grabbed or titty grabbed than, yeah. than you would at a swing party where everybody is polite. And I think that's partly because it is kind of a land of abundance, kind of like the rainforest, you know. The guys don't want to be obnoxious because they see all these hot women around them and, uh, and they learn the rules. They're motivated. Yeah, they're motivated for that sex. That's the carrot at the end of the, at the, end of the and, stick. And that's true of Bonoboville. You've got to yeah. have a carrot. You know, all this discussion about the non-consensual pussy grabbing, which I think is important, but it leaves out an important, huge factor, which is, what do you give these guys? What's the compensation? Can we acknowledge male pleasure and the importance of that at least? Absolutely. Can we at least say the guys can masturbate or find a consensual partner and that that's okay? It's just, I don't think that that's going on in the the discussion. I, I, I think maybe it could go on, and I'm just kind of injecting that. Well, I think that's a great segue into your book that we wanted to ask you about, The Ten Commandments of Pleasure. So I guess we can talk about that. Those erotic keys to a healthy sex life has to also include a healthy sex life for him as well. Absolutely. It has to. And, you know, I mean, I I guess I like these even numbers, you know, 12 steps (laughs) to releasing your inner bonobo, 10 uh, commandments of pleasure. And it it is... uh, you know, a little bit of a play on the whole idea of commandments and you must do this coming down from Mount Sinai. Uh, you know, everybody's different. Everybody needs to uh, kind of, you know, weigh what they feel is most important. I mean, there are certain basics that one should not do, just like thou shalt not kill and thou shalt not non-consensually pussy grab, I guess, <laughs> or penis grab for that matter. You know, there are men Absolutely. that are harassed as well. Yeah. And uh, they should be acknowledged. But, uh, but that, speaking of which, you know, one of the favorite commandments, I don't know if it's the most important, but it is certainly a big favorite, is number two, thou shalt adore his penis. Yay. You know, his penis is his best friend, and it should be yours too. You know, you gotta, you got to love it. you got to deal with it. you got to acknowledge it. Um, if you don't want to be with it, you know, for whatever reason, you still have to acknowledge that it has needs. Yes, absolutely. if it rebels against you, you lost the big guy, too. Beautiful. All right. We're going to ask you to hang on for one second. We're going to remind everyone that this is The Sexy Lifestyle. We are Carol and David. And coming up next is our sexy myth-busting game with sexologist Dr. Susie from the Dr. Susan Block Institute. Each show, we invite our sexpert guests to bust a few sexy fun myths to help us filter through some of that misinformation that we find on the internet, especially when it comes to the topic of sex. So now it's time to get the real truth about casual sex. So, Dr. Susie, are you ready? Oh, yeah, I feel like I'm going to take a test now. I like <laughs> All right, that. this that is not a test. We're going to throw out a myth, and you're going to tell us if it's true or not true and why. So, the first one, if there's were no social constraints, everyone would elect to have lots of sex with many partners. Yeah, I saw that question. That's kind of a tough one. I, I think I'd have to say in, in human society, no, 
because uh, not everyone wants to do that in human society. And that's partly for emotional reasons, because we're civilized to feel that it's got to require love, and a lot of us are civilized to feel that way, uh, or at least a special feeling. Um, On the other hand, casual sex can be very pleasurable for a lot of humans, it can be very positive. My, uh, my friend and a guest on my show, Dr. Zana Ragalova, I'm probably pronouncing that wrong, <laughs> is, uh, is a professor uh, uh, in New York, I believe at New York University, doing a, um, <clears throat> a project called the Casual Sex Project, interviewing people about this very subject and, and finding that there's a lot of very positive casual sex out there. But not everybody. I mean, I, I don't really agree with anything about humans that says everybody does anything. I will also say that among bonobos, yeah, a lot of them do enjoy casual sex. In fact, um, bonobos tend to prefer sex with strangers to sex huh. with someone they love. They love sex with someone they love. They have plenty of sex with the loved ones. But if they have a choice, like when strangers come to visit and they share food and they have this big party, uh, they tend to want to go with the strangers and try them out. Well, I'm the same way. Imagine that. (laughs) (laughs) So here's another myth. Having multiple casual sex partners can be rejuvenating. Uh, Another one I have to say, you know, it, well, wait a second, can be rejuvenating. Well, that's not a myth. Yes, it can be rejuvenating. It isn't always. It isn't okay, but, for everyone. Sometimes you have casual sex, and guess what? You get a disease, and you die. Oh, yeah. So you're certainly okay, not rejuvenated. Okay. Uh, you know, yes. casual sex can be done in a very stupid way, so it can be bad for you, and it also can be emotionally bad for you if you do it because you're pressured into it, because, uh, I don't know, you're lonely, and you really don't want to do it, and you're, you're, you're on drugs that make you have sex with someone that you wouldn't be attracted to normally, but... I guess I feel that if your wits are about you and this is something you want to do, that it can be very, very rejuvenating, as is evident among bonobos, especially bonobo males, who it has been shown um, uh, almost seem to sip from a bonobo fountain of youth that keeps them very, what the primatologists call, neotenous, very youthful. Well, we've seen a lot of middle-aged swingers who've just maybe adapted the swinging lifestyle and tell us that they feel like teenagers again because they're go. having all this sex and they're able to keep it up when uh, when they thought they couldn't because just the situation and the erotic environment that they really feel like teenagers again. So it can be that way. It can be, and the key in our society is to provide an outlet for humans to do this in a way that is not so stigmatized. And swinging is getting to be less stigmatized. That is something that's happening. But at the same time, eh, you know, I mean, you know, these guys that do it non-consensually is partly because they can't, in their brains, figure out how to do it consensually if they're married or if they're, you know, in a prominent position. Well, hopefully the sex positive words that you're getting out there in the universe and we're getting out there in the universe are going to help everybody move in the same direction. So how about this myth? Yeah. How about this one? Women don't get as much out of casual sex as men because they're harder to please. Oh, I got to say that's, a, I guess that's a myth. I, yeah, <laughs> I, I think, you know, if there's any reason women don't get as much out of casual sex as men, 
it's because of society tending to call women who have casual sex sluts and men mm. who do it studs. Uh, this is changing a little now. We're, we're kind of trying to even that out. But at the same time, I think women feel guiltier about it. And if that, you know, so that might be a reason. But that we're, I don't know that we're harder to please. We're, it takes us longer to have an orgasm, which is why casual sex, especially an orgy, is great. Because you get to line up the guys, you know. You don't mm-hmm. have to depend on one guy for your orgasm. If mm-hmm. you don't have it with the first one, you can go on to the next. That's what bonobos do. Well, that sounds like me, too. There you go. <laughs> I must be a bonobo. All right. You well, that was You're fun. so bonobo. That's <laughs> that my was... highest compliment. Yeah, that was great. Another great session of our sexy myth-busting game. Dr. Susie, thanks so much for your myth-busting skills. Once again, this is A Sexy Lifestyle. We are Carol and David, and up next is our Great Sex Matters segment. So just hang on. It's time for a quick word from our sponsor, The Throws of Passion Pleasure Blanket. Maximize your orgasms and just let go while the Throws of Passion Pleasure Blanket manages the mess. Great sex matters, and it can only happen when you're truly relaxed and comfortable. Let the Throws of Passion Pleasure Blanket help you reach new heights of sensual gratification as you get lost in your very own Throws of Passion. Right. And the Throws of Passion Pleasure Blanket is made with a revolutionary new Cool Touch Naked Fleece technology, which offers enhanced moisture management with increased absorbency. The all new Stay Dry technology of the inner layer ensures that your sheets stay dry no matter how wet it gets. So throw it down and get it on, then just toss it in the laundry for your next round of sexy S. Excapades. Incredible sex starts now. The Throws of Passion Pleasure Blanket absorbs liquids faster with its non-slip material. It's great for rigorous monkey sex and great for massages, <laughs> messy sex, and big squirters like you, baby. <laughs> and it's so lightweight, it folds up small for travel, and it can be machine washed and dried. So to find out more, check out the link on our website at thesexylifestyle.com. So this is The Sexy Lifestyle. We are Carol and David. And now for our favorite part of the show where we get to talk about great sex because... Great sex matters and we all deserve it. Today we have sexologist Dr. Susan Block with us talking about bonobo monkeys, female empowerment, open sexuality, casual sex and the many ways of enjoying sexual pleasure. Now, let's change the topic a little bit right now to masturbation and communication. So, I'm sure you've encountered many women who actually don't masturbate. So, what would be the number one reason why a woman would not masturbate? The reason they give or the reason I think? Uh There you go. The reason they give is no time. The reason I think is because... They don't make pleasure their own pleasure and their pleasure education a priority. They make other things and other people a priority. And then somewhere in there is uh, religious and and injunctions against it. But uh, I think, you know, not making it a priority, which is sometimes influenced by your religion that says you shouldn't be doing that. You should only be reserving sex for someone you love. So, but of course, um, someone you love is you, right? 
Yes. Absolutely. So we we were talking to Bunny earlier today, and Bunny is the daughter of Dave Lampert, who founded and invented the Sibian. And oh. uh, Bunny said that you have your own Sibian. And we love our you... Sibian. I love our Sibian. <laughs> Many great and, and orgasms on there. Right. And we're just talking about you know female pleasuring, female empowerment, female masturbation. Tell us a little bit about you know how that. A Sibian helps you learn more about yourself so you can tell your partners what you like. Well, it's uh, like you say, you're straddling it. It's, uh, it's like um, riding a horse, and women love horseback riding. Uh, so it gives you that feeling. And then the vibration is, is really strong, and it, you can put it on different speeds. And if you want, you can use a, uh, an attachment. Uh, you can certainly... Learn about your own um, pleasure spots, your erogenous zones, uh, through riding the Sibian. And you can also gain more confidence in the woman on top position because you are on top when you're yeah. on a Sibian. Enjoy the ride. That's their logo. I love it. Yeah. So just walk me through a little bit about a session of yours called Guided Masturbation. Assume that I've never masturbated before. What would I get out of one of your sessions? Okay. Well, first of all, this is through my institute, the Dr. Susan Block Institute for the Erotic Arts and Sciences. And we do uh, have an in-person therapy provision, but we also provide telephone sex therapy so that you can uh, talk to us about just about anything, any sexual topic, which of course leads to any topic in the world. Uh, And we talk to people from L.A. to Saudi Arabia. We talk to all kinds of people, men, women, couples, truples, uh, groups, um, all all kinds of uh, interactions over over sex and sex therapy. And I am a PhD. Actually, I have two PhDs, uh, and uh, we do have nurses and doctors and uh, people with master's degrees and counselors. We also have actresses and actors and uh, dominatrixes and different people that specialize in fantasy role play as our therapists. So basically, I'm saying that when you call us for telephone sex therapy, you can talk to me or any number of other therapists who can help you with your problem or your pleasure, or usually with my clients, it's a combination. They have some problems they need to talk about, they have some questions, and they also want to experience a little pleasure. Sometimes I say it's like uh, a full meal with dessert. You know, so uh, we good. have no holds barred in terms of what we will talk about. We will talk about any fantasies, anything and everything. And yes, you can masturbate if you want during sessions. So sometimes, you know, so-called guided masturbation is just a question of the client masturbating while we're talking, and uh, that's okay. You know, I may not even know it. Uh, he just or she may find the, the subject to be interesting so, uh, or, or erotic, so then they're masturbating. Um, then again, it might be, as you say, guided masturbation, in which it's very specifically something in which I'm helping the client to, um, to relax and to experience arousal and climax and all the things that go along with that. 
Um, now, you said originally there, um, if you've never masturbated. Now, I have to say, I don't have maybe hardly any, if any, clients who have never masturbated. I do have clients who have never had an orgasm. Okay. Um, and most of them are female. Uh, but even the females who have never had an orgasm, I mean, one of the first things I'll ask them is, well, have you tried masturbating? And, and I guess that they almost always have tried, but it hasn't worked, maybe. And so I will help them to, to do it. And maybe it hasn't worked because they only did it for two seconds, you know, because they just don't know how to do it. Um, but we all touch ourselves at some point, and that is a form of masturbation. Um, so... I guess that I don't think I have someone who's never masturbated, uh, but I have many, many clients who have never had an orgasm, and those would mostly be women. Um, and I have many, many clients who are men who have never maybe done something that they want to try through guided masturbation, such as uh, anything from something like using a giant toy up their anus to just using the other hand to stroke themselves because they always use one hand. Well, that all that's all good, and it's all, it all feels to me like you're making it so um, natural feeling that they, they're losing that taboo by talking to you guys, and they feel a natural way of then learning about themselves. Yes, absolutely. And it can be anything from a very, uh, you know, focused conversation to uh, me putting them under erotic hypnosis which I'm kind of a specialist with. And I put them into a light trance and then uh, maybe take them into a a fantasy or maybe help them with a problem such as, uh, you know, early ejaculation. uh, or uh, And by that I mean ejaculation that's too early. I call it early because, you know, it's like natural for men, especially young men, to ejaculate quickly. But sometimes we want to learn how to last and... Uh, you can use Tantra, you can use deep breathing. Um, certainly PC muscle exercises are a big thing I do with guided masturbation is helping people to locate their PC muscle, their pubococcygeus muscle, which is also the Kegel muscle, the muscle that you squeeze when you come. And it's also the muscle you squeeze when you want to stop yourself from urinating just in case you're trying to locate that. Um, and it's connected to the sphincter sphincter muscle, which also feels really good, but is kind of different. And so, you know, kind of handling all those muscles is is a great thing to be able to learn how to do through guided masturbation. It's often pretty difficult to learn about it through a book, and it's also pretty difficult to to really learn it when you're with someone and, you know, you're trying to focus your energy on that partner. Partner sex is fantastic. It's probably the best. But sometimes you need to be alone with yourself to get yourself, to get this fabulous machine, this sex machine that is you. Wow. That sounds really awesome. Now, I know we're swingers, and we know that being swingers, communication is key. But, like, not all couples are good at expressing themselves. How can Mm. you get couples to express what they really want when it comes to sex? Well, that's a challenge because I imagine when you're saying a couple, you're talking about people that really care about each other. And interestingly enough, it's harder sometimes to bring something up 
with someone you really care about. That's why very often people like to bring up sexual subjects with a sex therapist or right. maybe with a talk show host like you uh, <laughs> because, you know, if you don't like it, it's okay. But if you bring it up to your spouse and they don't like it, oh, my God, this is what freaks people out. This is what keeps people from communicating things that they really want that maybe they never talk about to their one they love the most. Uh, it's important to acknowledge this, at, at least in your head, and then to see what avenues you can take towards, um, towards communicating anyway. Um, keep in mind that, uh, you know, there's two things that are important to a great sex life, but they often cancel each other out a bit. One is trust, and the other is lust. Okay, They're both I like important, that. but sometimes... Sometimes trust kills lust. Sometimes you trust someone so much, you don't feel that stranger feeling. That's why swingers get that charge from being (laughs) with someone else. And then, lo and behold, when they're with someone else, uh, whether they're into hardcore swing or soft swing even, where they just tease and flirt, they come back into their regular relationship and they're infused with this hot lust that they can then mix with the trust. Because trust, you know, sometimes in our society we say, oh, if you trust someone, they're like your brother or your sister, and then you start to feel like no lust. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it's important to remember that those things need to be mixed, and they don't mix so naturally. Naturally, as we trust someone and they become the mother or father of our children, we lose the lust. (laughs) So we have to kind of put the lust back. You know, very often we have the lust in the beginning, but then we lose it. So yeah. that's an important thing to remember and to forgive ourselves for. Very often we, we blame each other for losing the lust. It's perfectly natural so when you they get just to know to... each other a lot. And you really need to, to trick nature a bit and, no, that's uh, and play these games to adding that bring passion the lust is... back. Adding that passion is very, very important. That's my final thing to say is when you want to bring something up, don't just say, well, I'd like to, you know, dress up as a fireman and stick my big (laughs) hose up your butt. You know, maybe you want to say, oh, look at this weird story I read, but it's kind of interesting. What do you think? Look at it on the Internet or in a book. And then if your partner goes, well, that's just too weird for me, you can kind of make your decision as to whether you say this is something you like or not as opposed to just right away saying, this is what I want. So references to books and Internet stories and television shows sometimes does help you to bring up a touchy subject. Super. That's all great. So now it's time for the last piece of advice that we're going to ask you for tonight. So what would be the top three things that couples could do to increase their sexual pleasure and and enjoy some great monkey sex tonight? Okay. Well, even though bonobos aren't monkeys, I mean, I know what you mean when you say monkey sex. Right. And so I would say, yeah, that's the third commandment of, uh, I mean, the third step of uh, releasing your inner bonobo is to go bonobos in bed and, and really just try to release your inner animal. We humans so often go around thinking that we're separate from the animals. Uh, it's called anthropodenial. Uh, but, uh, you know, when we release our inner animal and uh, with someone that we do trust and we release that lust, it's a beautiful thing. And it, it does uh, help you to have uh, what you call great monkey sex. 
And by the way, great monkey sex doesn't mean you have to be, you know, like racing around and uh, lifting each other up and turning each other upside down. It, it can mean just like bonobos do, looking deeply into each other's eyes while you hold each other. Uh, it, it can be very quiet and intimate. It just means intensity, whatever turns you on. Love it. And any type of sex that you feel the inner bonobo coming out, that's what I'm calling monkey sex tonight. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. That's, that's right, that's right. And so there you go. Beautiful. You know? Well, Dr. Susie, that was just an amazing show. The discussion was so insightful about, you know, opening our mind to the benefits of having great sex like bonobos do. Uh, thanks so much for being here and sharing your stories and advice. Uh, why don't you take a minute now, tell everybody how they can reach out to you? Well, they can certainly uh, join bonoboville.com. And, uh, and I'm there, and so are a lot of other what I call bonobo sapiens, you know, humans <laughs> that are inspired by bonobos in different ways, you know. And uh, you can also call my institute if you want to have very private uh, telephone sex therapy or in-person therapy, and the phone number is 310-568-0066. That's also a number you can call to just get information about joining uh, our in-person Bonoboville in Los Angeles if you want to attend our shows, um, and that is 310-568-0066. I also have several other websites, you know, that... DrSusanBlock.com, I guess, is the, the central one where you can find out about the shows and, and the therapy and uh, my philosophy. And, of course, get the Bonobo Way on Amazon and, uh, and follow it and save the Bonobos, you know? Wonderful. And what about the Ten Commandments of Pleasure? Don't forget that one. Okay, get that one, too. Well, you know, <laughs> I've written a few books. You should also get Advertising for Love, which started the whole Internet dating movement. Uh, as just a a museum piece. I wrote that way back in the 80s uh, about how people would soon be meeting through personal ads, and that's what dating is all about. So advertising for love, Ten Commandments of Pleasure. I also wrote Being a Woman with Dr. Tony Grant. I also wrote the definitions of erotic spanking, telephone, sex, um, striptease, cuckolding, another very interesting subject we didn't talk about, but cuckolding is a big subject that a lot of people need to talk about. Uh, and the definition of, um, let's see, one more there, fetish, sexual fetishes, for the uh, Wiley Blackwell Encyclopedia of Human Sexuality. I wrote the forward, forward to um, Ecosexuality, the collection of essays, and so, yeah, look me up on Amazon, um, get the books, uh, and go Bonobos. Thank Beautiful. you, thank you, thank you so much. Well, we're learning more and more every week with all our fantastic sexpert guests like Dr. Susie. We hope you do too. And remember, great sex matters. And you deserve it. We encourage every couple to make a point of learning more about sex and sexuality and all the different ways to spice up your sex life. You can go to our website, thesexylifestyle.com, on our radio show guest page and see all our amazing sexperts. Look them up and contact them if you need more advice. Well, that's it for our 
show today, a big thank you to our special guest, Dr. Susan Block from the Dr. Susan Block Institute, and especially to you for listening in all those 60 countries around the world. Remember to sign up on sdc.com for one month free. You can use promo code 30314, and we have some great events and trips coming up. Right. You can meet us at Taboo's Everything to Do with Sex Show in Toronto, November 24th to 26th, and you can take a ride on our Sibian. You can come with us on the SDC Caribbean Dreams Cruise. That's leaving December 9th out of Puerto Rico. And join us at Hedo Kamasutra for a week at Hedonism 2 from January 20th to 27th. Well, then in March. We'll be back at Hedonism 2 for the no, the Miss No Swimsuit Contest with Tom Strips. And that too is at Hedo 2, <laughs> March 3rd to 10th. And of course, we, being the reigning queen and king, will be at Nadia New Orleans from July 25th to 30th. So for more information about these trips or anything else, you can visit our website, thesexylifestyle.com, or send us an email at ask at carolandavid.com. Join us again next time for another hour of The Sexy Lifestyle, where we'll be talking with Taylor and Dwayne Sparks from Organic Lovin', all about natural ways to make good pussy better. We are Carol and David reminding you to spice up your sex life and live happy, healthy, and always horny. Stay sexy, everyone. Until next time. Thank you for joining Carol and David for this week's edition of The Sexy Lifestyle. We've got another one lined up next Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. This weekend is just around the corner, so try something new, spice it up, and you just might have the best sex ever. 